Welcome to the Beretta Brothers. We're a podcast and a vodcast. You can listen or watch the episode. Just go to theberettabrothers.com. That's B-A-R-R-E-T-T-A brothers.com. Please subscribe, rate us. And we'd love to hear your comments. Thank you. Oh, well, welcome, gang. Hey, did you say I wore? I, I wore my my special guitar shirt from Michael. First, and man. ready for this? How does he do it? Oh, you know what? I didn't even frame it properly. You can see my hand doing this stuff. <laughs> I love that T-shirt. It's magical. Does it still look three dimensional? Like I can put my hand in. Uh, yeah, for as far as t-shirts go, I guess. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> all right. Well, listen, why don't we do our, our business so that we can get on to our guests? There's lots to talk about. Oh, we have a really good guest. We have a great guest. We have a very uh, – we have a well, – we can't even say what kind of guest he is because he's such a great guest. Well, listen, I'm not even I'm not even blowing smoke, but – Honestly, we've got like the Henry Mancini, Bernard Herman of our generation. I'm oh. not even joking. I mean, no, it's pretty. It's a privilege to have him on today. Yeah, this is awesome. Okay, so yes, we got to get him here. So go to uh, if you want to, go to if you want to, GeneBeretta.com, <laughs> where you can see uh, his great books, author. Uh, winning author, illustrator of children's books, uh, artwork and books, and uh, and uh, he has condoms there for sale. I think too. Oh. No. Is that right? Don't send your kids right? there. Oh. Mm -hmm. No. Oh, all right. We have what to else? change up. And the Beretta Brothers, where you can go to join our mailing list and uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Billy, yes. why don't you give an introduction to our guest? And I'm going to provide some backing score. Ready? I will. Well, and, but it looks like we have some people. I just want to say we've got folks coming in are very excited. The old oh. Jesse Oliver's here, Jonathan Sloman. We got Muppet History. We got Frank Simpson, Nick Kramer, uh, 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 Sam Thompson, Nine, Ashley Colley, Nick. Okay. Okay. We got people coming in. It's very exciting. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, wait, 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 wait. Give a little build up. I need to do some scoring here. Go ahead, ready? A long, long time ago, there lived a boy named Michael, an Italian boy named Michael Giacchino. Michael, he, he would go to Hollywood. He would create some of the greatest music scores of all time. And guess what? He did. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Giacchino. <laughs> Oh. Hold on, I'm, I'm just, I'll be right with you. I'm, I'm just buying these condoms off the site. <laughs> nice. Uh, Do you want me to see? And, and purchase. Get the flavored ones. Get the flavored ones. Yeah, I got, I got all, I got the, a whole pack. I got everything. I got the variety okay. pack. Send them here yeah. and I'll sign them for you. Oh, well, I thought you might, could sign them before sending them out. <laughs> There's <laughs> uh, well, big flavor you're, too. You're gonna make me. You're gonna. You're gonna ship them to me. Then I gotta ship them back. And then, then listen. Okay. This is a mess. Hello. Hey. hey. <laughs> so what's going? on? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. You know. I mean, how's anybody these days? Right. Well, we're good. I mean, look. Yeah. I, I love your place, by the way. How beautiful. Well, 
Thank you. Thank you. It's funny. I always get like someone said, oh, is that like a Harry Potter fake background screen? And I'm like, uh, no, no, that's actually just my office. It's uh, yeah, so beautiful. But I got to tell you something, Gene. He's very pixelated and I don't want this whole yeah, I know. like this. So, I don't know if that my end or this. Look, we're live. It doesn't matter. Maybe, Michael, why don't we take you out and bring you back in again real quick, Gene? Sure. All right. Here we go. He's gone. And then here he comes. Okay. Hold on. I'm just buying these oh, condoms. Yeah. Oh. I'm just fine. <laughs> all right. It's a little bit. Let's hope that it, uh, it keeps going. I don't know. You sure you're all hooked up, right, Gene? You got nothing open, taking up his, no, no, no. his mm -hmm. mega bites and bits. Okay. You know what? It'll get better as we go. Was it fine when we were doing the other? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe uh, should he sign back in? I don't want to look at Pixel Face. Let's Are see. You you I'm gonna try. I don't know if I do this before. Again? I went close before. That helped. Uh, uh, mm. Want me to sign in? Do you yeah, mind? Let's just do it. Why not? Sorry, everybody. No, this uh, is a question. Good. It's like a magic act. I'm we can take a question here. from the audience while we're waiting. Yes. Okay. So how do I sign out? I'll so. kick you out, and then you sign in. Okay. All right. Sounds good. He's kicked. There. Okay. Uh, Sorry, gang. Uh, is Gene available for weddings? We need a kazoo player. Says Muppet History. Uh, get in touch, and um, we'll talk. We'll talk. <laughs> it can be it can be uh, pixelated. Here he comes. All right. Here he comes. Let's see. Right. Better. Better. Is it working? Nice. Yes. Very we good. We did it. We did it. Awesome. Very good. Very good. How smart we are. So, uh, by the way, uh, it is. Uh, it was your birthday. Yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. Correct. Yesterday was my birthday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a uh, had a very nice birthday, except for the fact that Kirk Thatcher came to my backyard. Oh, Other than that, God. it was great. So sorry, Kirk. He came along. He was shut up. Yeah. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. You you know, you can do it. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Okay, blow out the candle. Blow it out. Ah, uh, nice. Oh, that's so perfect. That is magic. Very good. You guys are magic. You really are magic. Aren't we, though? Maybe yeah, pixelated, yeah. but we can still put, you know, work through the transmission. So, <laughs> so I, we like, you know, sometimes we just jump around and we go to all different yeah. things in people's lives. But I think we should just go start early with you for a minute. Let's okay. go back. So you're from Edgewater Park. I'm from Edgewater Park, New Jersey. Yes. yes. Do, you, do you know where our first home was? What's that? Ever heard of Willingboro? My mom was a kindergarten teacher in Willingboro for her whole career. And my father worked in special education in, Willing in the Willingboro School District as well. So, you, yeah, I know Willingboro very well. So that's where right now, we, how long did you live there? We were there from we were? 59 to 68. Wow. Which wow. school did she teach in? She well, Stewart School was the main school that she was in. Um, but back then, I don't, I, I don't know. There was another one I remember. But I can't remember the name of it. But for the right. long run, she was at Stewart School. So Isn't that wild? also it, Bruce Lit, Muppet performer Bruce Lenoyle. So so was the Sears there when you when you were there? And oh, yeah. the, and there was, uh, I don't know if the record store was in that little mall thing, but there was. Um, yeah, no, it's a great. It was. I loved growing up there. Do you know? Maybe we had the same doctor. Do you happen to know? Do you know a Doctor Ziegler? I don't 
No, we had, Dr. Bald, we had Dr. Baldwin, and he was sort of like on, on the corner. And that was back in the days when they would actually come to your house. Like the guy would come yeah. to the house with his bag. Yeah. This is how old we are. You know, know. Remember, he would ride his stagecoach to the house. <laughs> <laughs> our family doctor. And used to get the leeches on our necks. Yeah, right? yeah, and that, that got rid of everything. Our our family doctor, who ended up really becoming our family, they lived directly behind us. So oh, literally, Dr. Word Chapter was fence. our... Yeah, yeah. Oh, East uh, Park Pharmacy? I mean, East, East Park, Park Pharmacy. I know, East Park. That? Yeah. So we were directly across the street. Where exactly? Oh, okay. That's where you lived. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The Fox Theater? Do you remember yeah. the Fox Theater? I still have a brick from the Fox Theater after they knocked it down. Oh, right, right. I remember they did that. Yeah, yeah I know. I, I saw uh, so many. I remember seeing like the rest. It was the first time I went to a movie by myself was at the Fox Theater. And mm -hmm. I, you know, my mom would never, ever let us go to the movies by ourselves. So <laughs> I said, oh, I'm going to go with my friend. I, I think it was Stephen. Uh, and and she and his mom's going to go with us. She but she wasn't going to go with us, but I had to say that so we could go. <laughs> so we went, it was the first time going by ourselves. We're in the theater by ourselves. So we're watching like rescuers, you know, uh, the, the, the Disney oh, film right. and about 20 or 30 minutes into the film, someone taps on my shoulder. I turn around and it's my mom. And she was <laughs> like, you told me that his mother would be here with you. And I was like, well, I, I didn't know. I, uh, you know, uh, anyway, so she sat there behind us the whole time. As we watched oh my the movie. God. Yeah. You know, we, so we, we, right. So our first home was in Willingboro, but then we moved to Yardley, Pennsylvania. Okay. Yep. And, and so we both went to Pensbury schools, but then we also in later years in high school went to Doan Academy, St. Mary's Hall Doan Academy. Do you remember Doan Academy? I know, I know exactly. It's right under the bridge. And, uh, and also, right. I think Grant stopped there on his way down after Lincoln was shot. Uh, it's got some crazy history, that place. Well, uh, the, the, actually the chapel there is the very first example of American Gothic revival in the, in the United yep. in the country. Wow. It's been there I for believe, a while. It could be but I remember it was Grant, Grant had a kid going there. So he stopped there on the way down to Washington after I think Lincoln was, was shot. But, uh, yeah, that place has got a lot of history going on. Because, you know, I've been snooping around. We've been snooping around your history. So you went to Holy Cross, right? I went to Holy Cross High School, yeah, in Delran. So I think we used to play basketball at Doan against you guys. I think Holy Cross you, was a team. It's possible, play. but uh, sports, I don't even know what sports are. Like, and yeah. uh, <laughs> especially even at school, I was like, I just, you know, I was home playing with the – making the movies and playing with the puppets and doing all that stuff. That's, you know, we yeah. have identical childhoods. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I, I was not a sports person. But that's pretty crazy, right? We, so Jersey and then yeah. like our parents were from Philadelphia. Yep. My parents, my dad's from South Philly and my mom's from Ardmore. Yep. Yeah, man. That's so wait, then I am. You, I'm in you ended right up now. on the, so you're in Bryn Mawr right now. So my great uncle, who I love dearly, he, uh, uncle Pete, he owned Peter's TV which was there for many, many years. He's, he passed away a, a while back, but um, he, he was in Rosemont. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, yeah, it's, yeah, it's right next, next door. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, and then I had an aunt that lived in Bryn Mawr. And I, you know, most of my childhood was spent on that main line there, you know, because between Bryn Mawr, Ardmore, Rosemont. Lancaster uh, Avenue. Yeah, and we would go there. I felt like, I, I maybe I'm 
not remembering correctly, but it felt like we'd just go every weekend and we'd end up, you know, dinners there on Sunday and getting uh, pasta dinners with my great grandmother and my grandmother. It was just amazing. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's tough. So good. Right. So, you know, there's lots of questions. I mean, we have our own question, but let's, should we just take a question from our sure. people watching? Should we do that? Yeah. Let's do um, it. Let's see. Uh, one second. Let me find. I'm going to refresh myself because I want to get those pixels out of here. You're going to go get a shower. He's leaving. <laughs> ah, here we go. Here's something. I was at uh, Jonathan Sloman says I was at Michael's insane Royal Albert Hall show last Christmas. And I guess my question <laughs> about that is WTF. Why? That was, well, that was exactly, that was exactly the whole point of the thing was, all right. So I, <laughs> I did a big crazy Christmas show at uh, with Matt Vogel actually came and did Kermit and uh, right. we, we and he sang you know I it started out as I wanted to do a whole show of the Muppet of the John Denver Muppet Christmas album you know that thing. I, I love that album so much and so I wanted to do that but in um, London they kept telling me well people don't know who John Denver is they don't know that music so can you make it more of a variety show. Yeah. So I ended up doing like this weird variety show thing and uh, which was, yeah, that was, but it was me and Richard kind co-hosting. Basically I was conducting the orchestra and Richard was doing, you know, just, he was like the guy out front doing stuff with the right. audience and we just had a blast and we just sort of, we had jugglers. We had uh, Kermit. We had the boy from Jojo Rabbit. We had, uh, you know, uh, Grace Potter came and sang. It was like this crazy group wow. of, things that went on all night it was like an old-fashioned variety show with the doorbell ringing people coming yeah. in snow coming things like that you know like the old andy williams show that sounds like that's a what we did blast. And we had, like a blast it was it was a blast and but i can understand is he if he's from london then i understand the wtf because there was a bunch of stuff, you know where the fuck, <laughs> this is not what we do but by the way have you ever gone and seen one of those big christmas uh the the what do they call the pantomime yeah. thing yeah, yeah. so yeah. What the what the f? <laughs> Come yeah. on! I know, I know. I mean, yeah, 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 for yeah. sure. It's insane. It was cool that so. Richard came on uh, on the radio with you the other morning. The Press oh, Steve yeah. show, yeah, along with yeah. Kirk. He's, he's hilarious. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Kirk, and then David Silverman from The Simpsons. And, right, yeah. You know, those guys are my best friends, and uh, and and Richard is among them too. And. It's just always fun. I mean, it's just, you know, it's just fun to get together. Any excuse to goof it's around. So funny. It's another little connection. Our cousin, Bill Giordano, Billy Giordano, went to school with Richard. They went to- Oh, he did? Together. Yeah, they were in the same yeah, class. Yeah, Rich, yeah, another Pennsylvania guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So where was, let's jump ahead just a little bit. What was your first concert, first venue? What was, uh, where did that happen? For, that I performed or went no, to go see? Went to see as a kid. Something maybe that oh, inspired it, you, or maybe it you would have been. Well, I saw um, James Taylor about fifteen times. I've seen Billy Joel about the same amount of times, and at the Spectrum, you know, I saw Billy Joel at the Spectrum a bunch of times. I saw James Taylor at the uh, New Jersey Arts Center. I think that's I forget what it was called. The sort of this outdoor, like a like a much smaller Hollywood Bowl type thing. Uh -huh. um, and uh, but I used to, I loved those two guys. I was obsessed with Billy Joel growing up, um, you know, and it took me a while to actually get into pop music because the thing that I was really into growing up was 
I listened to tons of classical music. I listened to tons of like uh, 30s jazz. I loved Benny Goodman. I love Louis Prima. You and I <laughs> talked about Louis Prima a lot. Yeah. Um, I, I loved the film soundtracks, you know? So that's what I was mostly listening to. And I used to pretend that I didn't like rock and roll because rock and roll was like, you know, come on, <laughs> rock and roll, four chords, really? Give me a break, you know? Uh, but, you know, secretly I, I loved it. And then slowly, you know, eventually was like, okay, I love rock and roll. It's the best. And, uh, but I've, I've seen, you know, my sister's the one that went and saw everyone that uh, came through. She went and saw Led Zeppelin. She was at Live Aid. She was like, I mean, you name it. She was there, you know, uh, The Who and, uh, you know, uh, Yes. And I mean, the list goes on and on. So right. most, a lot of the the fringe uh, people I just experienced through her and she would play the records in her room and all of that. So, and I was lasting, you know, Close Encounters or something. <laughs> so, so were you... Were you always kind of like drawn, like you're saying, to soundtracks and things? That is that like is that what your thing, your head would connect with when you were watching a movie? Like, oh, what's that yeah. thing happening? Yeah, absolutely. I well, you know, as you know, back then there was no way to if you went to the movies and you liked that movie, there was no way to to sort of experience it again unless you went to go see it. But right. once it was gone from the theaters, that was it. And the yeah. only way to sort of relive a movie at that point was to just listen to the soundtrack. You know, you could buy the soundtrack and that way I could relive Star Wars or any of these movies and yeah. I would listen to them over and over. In fact, I when I would go to see these movies, I would bring in a little tape recorder. I know little <laughs> at that time was like this, you All know, right. this yeah. big. Um, and I would record the movies and then I would listen to them at night when I'd go to bed. Oh, wow. And I think back on that and, and I realized that that was such a... a, a a, um, a real moment for me because it taught me the relationship between all the different sounds in a movie, between music, sound effects, dialogue, and how they all work together to tell a story. I didn't think about this at the time. I was just enjoying listening to right. it. But yeah. I think it really put something into my head about how things should work together when it's done well. And, uh, you know, movies like Empire Strikes Back and Raiders of the Lost Ark, of course, and just listening to them on repeat. I yeah. would also record the Muppet Show. I would hang mm. a microphone from the TV and just record the Muppet Show because that was like, well, I think it's Tuesday nights. And it was, I was like obsessed with the Muppet Show. <laughs> it was yeah. really one of my first loves and uh, still is. Absolutely. You, you know, know what you made me think of, Michael? Um, when I was in my early teens, I was a huge Monty Python fan. And I used to play the albums as if they were musical albums because I was yeah. learning the, the rhythms of the comedy. And right. I, would, I would memorize them and repeat them back as if they were songs almost. So I'm guessing you picked up rhythms the same way. Absolutely. And I, and I also, like at that time, Monty Python was on Channel 12 in Philadelphia and it was on like late at night. Yeah, so yeah. in the summer, we would we would set up a tent in the backyard and we basically lived out in the tent the whole summer. And we had a little tiny black and white TV. And, uh, you know, Monty Python would be on at like, you know, whatever, 11 o'clock or 1130. And then after that, I think Benny Hill would come on. <laughs> Benny Hill, then, that's right. Yeah. yeah and, and then after that, usually they just went off the air, you know, and then they'd play the right. national anthem like they did in Poltergeist. And that actually was yeah. the thing. And yeah. then it would go to static. And when it went to static, we knew that our parents were sleeping. <clears throat> and so we would sneak out 
and roam the neighborhoods and just, you know, <laughs> so those were, we're like, all right, Monty Python's on. All right. Benny Hill's on almost ready. We can almost sneak out now. And yeah. then that's Anthem go. So. Yeah, that's true. I remember that so well too. Here, here's yeah. a, I, I, actually, you know, just, I wouldn't record the, the soundtrack, but as of, from a visual, this is just what I, I used to take my camera and I would take photographs of moments in the movie like really? Jack Nicholson in The Shining, yeah, with his head through the door. I have I have photographs of that moment. Wait, or would moment you, would you take it in, into the theater with you? Yeah, I would, would take just, my camera and I would just be sitting there like still. Yeah, yeah. I had a, I had a, a lens uh, somewhere. Yeah, I had like oh. shots of, uh, of Shelley Duvall with the knife, which I remember <laughs> taking that because it affected my hand going up yeah. the staircase towards her. You know, yeah. All these That's moments. I, I did it with the Sting too. Sting was another. Oh one my god, I love that movie so much. And that was one. You know, we had a record player down in the basement, and I would just sit there and listen to that soundtrack over mm. and over and over. It's just the greatest. You know, I, I, I actually still have on my phone right now. I have the song Luther. Do you know that offhand? Yeah. Yes. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's so moving that song. And also Solace, the the Solace, the S O L A C E. That mm -hmm. that piece on the album. It was just one of the I, saddest. Beautiful pieces I've ever heard, and I think that really is that that one. I think of it in my head. We'll, we'll. Are you at a keyboard? Yeah, but it's not plugged in. It's unfortunately mine is out getting repaired, and it's all right. So this one, unless unless all the equipment is on, it doesn't work. So I have a kazoo here, if you'd like. I do. I have the the this. I don't play guitar, but I have this. Uh, the wow. Coco guitar. Oh, wow. wow. Beautiful. You, know, you can see. From Coco. Yeah. Oh, so man. Gorgeous. kind of neat. They made a few of these for, for the folks that worked on it. Wow. So uh, a, a gentleman made this by hand. You know, it's crazy. So wow. I don't, like I said, I don't really play guitar. Ah, see, it's terrible. All right. It's too big. It's hard. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, see, I, what the what I do, and people who play guitar are going to notice this. I'm cheating because I am pretending that only has four strings, like you know, like the ukulele. Uh, um, and if I don't play this, these two, then I can play it. But otherwise. Uh. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, I'll learn it one day. I'll learn hey, it one day. Here's a here's a question um, from Chris. Oh, uh, actually, I know this show is about, but you just reminded me of something. I, I saw the Sting eleven times in Ocean City on the boardwalk. Uh, Whoa! And I wanted. I told my mother I wanted to dye my hair because I wanted to look like uh, Robert Redford. But wait, what's uh, the hand the hand thing that you used to walk around? Oh, I still do. Actually, you do when I eat, no. I noticed in the movie Robert Redford had his hands like this. They were like trigger fingers when he would eat. And I started to do that so much that I, I still do it. This is how I, this is my resting hand position when I'm eating. Or no, well, that's sort of similar to why I, I can, you know, raise up my eye because of Steve Austin, Major Steve Austin, uh, you know, the $6 man. You know, I remember he used to, and I would practice in front of the mirror. Uh, over and over, trying to get that eyebrow up. The eyebrow you know? up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then, of course, then I noticed Spock did it too, and I was like, well, "That's cool." So, 
Yeah. So isn't that weird how you do those things as a kid and you're you're just like, and then they become yeah. a part of how much we yeah. steal from everyone else. It's sad. Oh, absolutely. It's true. <laughs> I started <laughs> flying right after Superman. Oh, that's right. Yeah, when, when you got your cape. <laughs> you, Chris you Isaac wants to know, how did you start working with the Muppets? Um, uh, how did I start working with the Muppets? Well, it was... Try, I, I, oh, no, no. What first thing I did was working with them on the video game area. I did a thing called Muppet Monster Adventure, mm -hmm. and I wrote a bunch of songs for that and some uh, worked on some score with that. And it worked yeah, there. How did, you connect with that? how did you connect to that? Because you did, I mean, you worked a lot in video games, right? Before yeah. you started scoring movies. And so you were in that world, but were you, were you connected in the Disney aspect of games yeah. or were just games in general? I was working as if I was producing games for Disney uh, Interactive uh, at the time. Uh, it was called. I don't know what it's called now, but uh, I was producing games for them. Um, so I wasn't writing music necessarily in the beginning for them. I was just there as a producer, and I was overseeing animation and doing all of that. So I would produce, and then it's once in a while they'd be like, "Uh, oh, we need music for this thing." Michael, you write music. Can you do this for us? So <laughs> I would write a piece of music. There go, and then little by little they'd be like asking me more and more. And then uh, I ended up doing a few games there. And I met a guy named Craig Allen, who I think you know. Um, yeah. Craig, yeah. yeah, Craig used to work at the Muppets. Yeah. Uh, he and I worked together at Disney at the time. Then he went off to, to Henson. And um, I went and started my own company. And it was a whole, you know, and that's how I got into the Muppets. Craig called me and said, hey, do you want to do the music for this? Oh, cool. This video game. And so that's how that happened. And, uh, and then I, through that, I met, a few of the few of you guys and uh but i think we you and i met really on muppet wizard of oz yeah i think so yeah yeah because we were yep. doing some songs for that and we had to go to um vancouver to record them that's what i was gonna yeah. ask that like my sometimes my brain you know i i mix things yeah. together and i couldn't remember if we recorded there or did we come back and fix things too at home as well yeah like, we recorded all the songs there in Vancouver and uh, and and Ashanti at Lionsgate, as well. right? At Lionsgate yeah. on the studio or something? Were we on the? Did we do it on the lot somewhere? No, it was at some weird studio. Not weird. It was actually beautiful. It was like I think it used to be a church, a small church or something. Oh I couldn't gosh. tell you what the name of it was, but right. there was a couple nights where we all hung out, and that's where I met Dave Goles, and we all had you know goofed, you know, you know what it's like in those things. It's just fun and crazy. Yeah. Um, but that to me at the time was like a dream come true. I was like, this is the greatest job ever. Um, you know, and that's how Kirk and I met on right, that, sure. on that, on that film. And then uh, he and I just became great friends after that. So uh, you wrote some great yeah. songs. You got nominated for uh, uh, when I'm with you, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's right. Yeah. 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 That's right. Great. Song. Hey, you know, yeah. I just had a thought. Sorry to cut in real quick. Yeah. Do you think uh, if it was if the light was brighter on you, that might help the pixelation? But then he might not be happy with his lighting. We're getting into science yeah. now. I don't know. <laughs> sometimes uh, when it's darker, it gets uh, pixelated, right? Now it's feeling. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Oh. It's gonna be. You know what? You're it, a pixelated kind of guy. That's all. You're animated. Because it's so weird. It looks perfect here. Why don't you guys oh, come in? Here? Yeah. It looks perfect That's on my. Frustrating. That's frustrating. Yeah. That bad? It's not the greatest, unfortunately. I wish I knew why. Yeah. Is that there now? There's a light right there. Is that even any? No. Hmm. 
Um, no, but uh, no, you know what I remember? One of the, my favorite songs on that. Yes. Oh. Well, that oh, helped. That's a little better. All right. For whatever reason. Yeah. All right. If it, every once a, uh, really? <laughs> Since I'm on Ethernet sorry. and everything. So sorry. No, I'll try the Wi-Fi, see if that changes anything. Um, uh, nap time. That was a good tune. <laughs> yes, it was a good tune. And, you know, those were also written with uh, Adam Cohen and and his wife at the time, Jeannie. Uh, uh, and then I think that one was produced by uh, Brandon, uh, um, Brandon Frowns. But, uh, oh. yeah, nap time's great. And uh, there was a lot of fun things in that show. I mean, we That's had a blast. So I, I did want to just say that word in that song, but I, you guys just didn't let me do it. Nap time. <laughs> you know, I remember uh, sitting around in during one of the breaks, and we were all talking about because I think there were there's a bunch of modern songs in that. Mm -hmm. You know, there was at a time when the Muppets were doing a lot of modern things, and I remember having a discussion with Lisa about, you know, they really they they don't so much do modern stuff. They really do like more like. They do older stuff like Billy Preston and they do like, I always thought like, uh, like the Muppets, you know, they do a song like, you know, will it go around in circles or things like yeah, that. Man. To yeah. me, that, that was, you know, and every time I felt, and it got into this heated discussion with her about it. Right. Everyone around me just sort of kind of got quiet and sort of backed away. And, uh, <laughs> And I'm like, oh, maybe this is, I shouldn't be arguing with this person, I guess. But you, but you were so right, because I, I feel yeah. the same way, you know, especially with the band. You know, yeah. the band yeah. is, is just like funkadelic and yeah. like good stuff, you know. Yep. Uh, but that's why I love nap time, because it is. It is. It totally felt that way. It's really, oh, it, you know. I haven't heard that By the in way, so you long. look you look and sound much better, whatever you did. I, I, uh, uh, it's, I you went know. to Wi Fi? No. I went to Wi Fi, yeah, but. Uh, it looks it's not too much better. better. It's crazy. Right. Yeah, it's good. Excellent. It's going to get so oh. clear. <laughs> <laughs> let's start uh, over. Yeah, let's just start. Oh. I'm going to go back to the condom page, <laughs> and then we'll. <laughs> let's. Uh, uh, can we? I want to talk about some of your your acting credits as well, because you know you're multi, multi faceted yeah. guy, man. I. You're, I, you're a producer. Yeah. You're a composer. You're an actor. Yeah, let's let's start with um, tell us about it's a small world operator oh. Tomorrowland. How, what was that like for you? Yeah, that was. Uh, here's what happened. So we were working on Tomorrowland, and so Brad Bird, director and writer, you know, with, of the film, along with Damon Lindelof, he said, um, "Why don't you come on?" Man. He seems he seems like a really good oh, guy. Brad is the best. Brad is the love greatest. Him so I love much. him so much. He's yeah. he's he's absolutely one of my favorite people to work with, and uh, you would love him. Um, he is, so he's like, hey, you want to be in the movie? You know, come down. You can be a ride operator. I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll be a ride operator. <laughs> so we go down there, and and I think there's somewhere online I tweeted a, a little behind the scenes thing about it. But uh, I go down there, and so I'm like, okay, so Brad who is this guy? Who am I playing? What's his, he's like, it just, just go stand over there and just do what I tell you to do. I'm like, I really got to know who this guy is. Why is he like, why does he have this job? He looks a little older, like than somebody would normally have this job. What's up with, and he would just push me away, get out. So I just kept bugging everyone. So I made up a name. His name was Mike Lazarus. Oh. And I, I have a, I had a whole backstory for him where 
where you know Mike Lazarus was at the tail end of the swing movement, right? And he was he was killing it for years. <laughs> then of course, like guys like the Beatles come on the scene, and 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 so his the demand for guys like Mike Lazarus starts to just dry up, go oh, away, yeah, right. and uh, no one's booking him anymore. No one's hiring him, so he ends up getting a job at the World's Fair uh, as a ride operator on you know on the thing. So uh, and it's, I said I said Brad, totally. This is how it should start. The whole thing. It's a face down shot of boats from the from the small world going. You know, you see them passing underneath, passing. And then right. after one passes, there's a there's a, a pause and there's no boat. And then suddenly you see a guy's body face down in the water <laughs> going this way, you know, underneath the thing. And I said, and that's Mike Lazarus. And that shot will smash cut to him doing a killer set at some bar in Hoboken, you know, and it's like a flashback. Anyway, that's the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, well, you know what? Because of our pixelation, and now it's so much better. Here's yeah. a question from Marshall Grover. <laughs> can I get a table for two? Let me see. <laughs> I think it's going to be about 25 minutes before right. we can get you we'll seated. So, if, so, so, Mike, so Marshall Grover, if you want to just yeah. wait outside, party for two for Grover. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Let me, while we're still a little, you know, further back in your history, I was curious about this. You have a new album out. Yes. Travelog yeah. Volume One, which mm -hmm. is a concept album. And yes. we both it's I love it. And oh, uh, I talk to you okay. more at length about it, but I would just want to mention uh do you miss you know the days of the concept album are behind us because I think yeah. because of C D and pick your you know Yeah, just get, great Perry pick whatever you want. Yeah. Do you miss and did you have favorite concept albums from the back in the seventies and eighties, you know? Yeah, I love Eldorado. El Dorado, ELO, yeah. you know, that's an amazing one. I, of course, The Wall, Pink Floyd. I mean, mm -hmm. that's about the best of all speaking, of them. Speaking of which, uh, now the titles of your songs, is it is it all, um, uh, I'm blanking on the word. You mean this oh. the days? What? The days of the side reel, yeah. the, the weird, yeah. Yeah, the, yes, yes, yes. Um, the second to last song, when it the the sound just bursts in there and there's this wailing voice, it reminds me a little bit of um, of uh, 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 what's the Pink Floyd song? Um, oh, God, I'm messing this up. Huh? Uh, all right, talk about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can tell you. So, so thank you for sending. I mean, I, I guess we kind of got a chance to hear. Uh, Great gig in the sky. Great gig in the sky. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, th but that that was the exact kind of thing that I really loved listening to. And I thought, where is that stuff anymore? So mm -hmm. the other thing I love, I love old school Star Trek and Twilight Zone. You know, mm -hmm. I love that. And then I love, love old radio plays. Like I listen to them all the time. So that one of my favorite shows was a show called X Minus One. And X Minus One was a sci-fi show. And they had some great writers on that show, Ray Bradbury, all kinds of, um, oh, wow. you know, all kinds of guys that, that that wrote at the time, but just brilliant stories told in a sci-fi way and slightly over, you know, melodramatic and uh, and all of that. And I love that. So I thought, well, can I mash all of those things together, all those things I love into some weird concept album that tells a story about a woman who leaves her home planet because it's falling apart. It's it's with it's it's you know she's 
living amongst racism. She's living amongst the pollution. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's totalitarianism, all of this stuff. Like, yeah, she's just like, I'm out of here. There's got to be a better place than this. She comes across earth and goes, Hey, this looks like a pretty good place. I'm going to check this out. And at first she's like, yeah, this is the greatest place ever. And then over time she starts realizing, Oh my God, this place is really no better than where I came from. <laughs> she's sort of forced with this moral dilemma of, you know, do you run away when things get hard and things get tough? Do you run away or do you, should you stay and work, do the work that needs to be done to make it better? You know? Yeah. And, and so she, in the end, of course, she decides to go home and, and attempt that. And so this is the story of that, that experience for her. Um, the I, I haven't listened to an album, like a full out hour or however long, mm -hmm. you know, the, the, the your album is with just listening to music, just going yeah. through that story and just dreaming. I was just mm -hmm. imagining so many different things and creating my own world and my own visuals. And, you know, I was, I got lost. I loved it so much. You know, it was like, um, it was like this, uh, I don't know. It's like a, it's like this futuristic retro cocktail lounge, yes, like exactly. Flint Italian <laughs> Rachmaninoff opera. That's you know, it. Like, it's yes. like all this, you know, and, and, uh, I was, I just got lost in it. And I, my, in my own little world, like what you were just describing, um, I thought that she traveled in time. So I Maybe. thought, she, I thought her, I thought the earth that she came from was the earth that she found. Oh. Interesting. Yeah. Cause someone else had said that too, which I thought was fascinating. But again, oh. that is exactly what I love about these things is that it's up to you to decide sort of what it is. It's like going into a museum and staring at paintings and, 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 yeah. and making up your own idea in your head of what this is, you know, and yeah. audio can do the same thing. And I, I just miss that experience of taking a moment to just sit back and listen to something in its entirety and entirety because it, yeah. it do it. yeah, it's, it's so come. hard for uh, the current generation to to really uh, understand what it felt like to not have visuals with yeah. your music and you could honestly there was no problem with any of us lying back on our bed looking at one image the album cover the album cover <laughs> yeah for 40 minutes and seeing yes. so much in it and and just you know, oh, and I can't wait for you to see the whole album cover thing because it's a double album. Uh, Henry Abrams, who did the artwork for it, is is a genius. He's just this brilliant young kid, and he uh, did this incredible, you know, front and back cover, inside cover, and then we did all of this weird stuff inside, even on the the record sleeves. You know, if you if you it's you can literally sit there and look at it for hours trying to figure out what everything means. There's a whole story even hidden within all of the artwork as well. So, uh, you know, that's, it's really that's, yeah, like, like um, Captain Fantastic album cover. Yes, yeah, oh, yeah. So Isn't that great? Yes. Yeah. Or, then, or then, like the white album, and it came with photos. Like you were like, what? Yeah, what oh, yeah. you get photos? <laughs> you know? Oh uh, man, the days of just getting back with the record and looking oh. at the album cover is just. I and that's that. what it was. I, I, that's what I felt like last night. I just said, oh, that's great. I'm just going to lay back and enjoy this. And I did. I got so lost in it. it and it's beautiful. I mean, oh, thanks. Really just beautiful, Michael. I love well, it. And the, the players are, you know, in, in the band are just unbelievable guys and people I've worked with all my life, you know, and yeah. uh, in everything I've done. So, you know, when all my movies that I was supposed to do this year got blown into oblivion because of COVID, 
uh, I thought the first, it was funny because at first I sat down and I thought, well, I was didn't know what to do. I was like, I should maybe just write the music. Maybe I'll work on the themes for those movies that I would have to write. And I, the first week of, of quarantine was that, me kind of like doing that. And then after about a week or so, I'm like, why am I doing this? I said, I can, I have time now to do something I've always wanted to do. Right. So that's what I, and I, so I called up all the musicians. I said, if I send you these parts, would you record them at home and send them back? And they all did. And uh, wow, that's how you did it. That's how we did it. You sent them parts? Yeah, I sent them the parts. Uh, they would record them at home. And then also on top of that, they, these guys are incredible rhythm players and they're like the wrecking crew of our day, you know, and they are just so talented. So they would improvise and add things and it was just so fun. I couldn't, it was like Christmas. Whenever I'd get right. something back from somebody, I'd be like, okay, what do we have here? And you know, <laughs> I loved, but what's the guitarist's name? Uh, Andrew Sinewick and George Deering. Well, you know, Andrew Sinewick did most of the guitars on it, and George did the one in the final track called Remembrance. Because Billy, Mim and I loved you played that live on the radio show. Oh, yeah. Steve. And then yeah. I, it sounded like a little Ry Cooter-ish yes. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yep. Billy mentioned the kind of medley of influences in the album. I love, uh, there's some kind of Starsky and Hutch guitar. Yes. <laughs> yes, <there is. laughs> like that. Yeah. yeah. Andrew, Andrew is brilliant. Like, the joy of working with these guys is that, you know, we've all known each other for so long. And when you listen to it, you'd, you would have thought that we were all in the same room together. Absolutely. When we and, Absolutely. Uh, and a lot of that goes to my engineer, Warren Brown, who, who took everything and mixed everything, you know, and I would do really crude rough mixes of it and then hand it off to him. And then he would do these incredible uh, sonic sort of spaces with everything as well. And, you know, it's just, it was just right. fun. And you know what it's like when you're working on something for yourself. Mm. So it's, I, I was just going to say, like, you know, I think Gene and I tried to find something to do that we've been wanting to do for, you know, in, in this period. Like, you, what can you create? And we've yeah. been wanting to do something together for years. And this was just kind of a fun thing. We started thinking, should we just do this kind of And this is what we found. You know? I love it. And then you have ownership in it that you, you generally don't have when you're – and look, yeah. I'm not complaining. I love – all the things I've worked on, I love the people that I've worked with and I've learned so much, but I do miss that feeling of being a 10 year old kid running down into the basement and making my own movies or the stop yeah. motion things or whatever it is, you know, uh, you know, that I do miss I wanna, that. So. I want to show you yeah. something. Oh yeah. Um, do you want to show him uh, speaking? Billy told me, yeah. Billy told me to pull this up. You might enjoy this. Uh, la, 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 la. I take you back a little bit in your own little world and, Maybe oh. this is what Gene would do. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> you killed him. Oh. <laughs> yep. My right. own soundtrack. I love oh, it. We can't hear it. Gene. Oh, look at that. It. Oh, damn. That's okay. It's still this great. This was like this was Von Bodie inspired characters, right, Gene? Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, that's awesome. Yeah, that's exactly what I would do. <laughs> that exact same thing. I loved it. And at that time, that was that was on Super 8 or Regular 8. What was that on? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I started on Regular 8. My dad had an old Regular 8 camera. Yeah. yeah. So started with that, then moved into Super 8 in 1983. I got my first Super 8 camera and it had sound okay. on it, which was well, like, I had that. a I big had deal. Yeah, in the 70s, I had Super 8 that had a magnetic strip on it so you could yeah. start dubbing your own music. Yeah. Yeah. And then but they that, had Super 8 with two magnetic strips 
one on each side and you could actually do a left and right. So I would put the soundtrack and music on one side and then dialogue I'd leave and effects, whatever I could do. But, you know, but again, uh, you're handling film that is this big. I know. I know. What, did you have the little editor? I still, I still have it. It's right You do? Room. It's right here. Uh, I have it right here. Next to this. Next to where I keep my heroin. <laughs> yeah. So this is where I keep my heroin. He's got cheap. Oh, right. Of course. Yeah, from Lost. You gotta um, bless it. But yeah, so this is the one I used to Look edit it. everything on. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And the yeah. little arms come out. Yep. The you go, You're like a regular Ed Wood. Yeah. <laughs> How cool I, you have that. Yeah. Speaking of the oh, animation, that's it. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And you but would splice it by hand and chop it by hand, all that. A little splicing tape and a little. little and if you messed up, that was it. Yeah. So you have to be very careful. And the thing about working <laughs> with analog equipment, it teaches you to make good decisions. You know, yeah. you to think about what you're doing. Whereas nowadays, I think people that grow up with just digital sort of uh, equipment are missing out on this, this um, the lesson of thinking things through. Yep, you know, yep. like, oh, let's try this. Let's try that. Let's try this. Let's oh, try that. Shoot it all later. Yeah. You and, know, you and just, patience. Yeah. And, exactly. and patience. Yeah. Well, how about this, though? How about people don't realize the pain of having to send your film to uh, Photomat and wait for it. Wait, wait for a week to see if anything yes. looked, turned out or if it's exposed, then, even. Then you'd get it and it would be like whole black sections. You'd be like, God. Yeah. Or you know, and you orange just, bursts of light that yes. have nothing to do you, with you, it. You, did, you, you, you flipped over the thing wrong, and I just, you know. Or your it, mom's it, walking in the background of your shot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they're just, you know, they're just going to start calling us old boomer people now. Yeah, know, We're like, remember the days when we used to go to the photo Yeah, yeah I we, hear it from my kids all the time. Hey, boomer. For a dime, for a dime you'd see two features, a serial, <laughs> two cartoons. Yeah. And the news. <laughs> it was real. Yeah, you know, I, just, I just want to go back just for a second about the visual side of of the music, right? So, yeah. did you so did you visualize the story before you wrote everything, or did you kind did. of do it in pieces? Did you? I do definitely it had a whole sort of arc in my head of what I wanted to happen. Mm -hmm. I knew like the the whole story of what was going to be, and I. Uh, I was working, I ended up working with a, a wonderful writer, Allison Eve Hammersley, and she sort of took my basic idea and then she wrote all of the dialogue for Janina Gavankar, who did the, the voice of the traveler. Uh -huh. And Janina is wonderful. Um, yeah. And then even Janina, Janina recorded it in her closet at home. It was so funny. We did it over Zoom, you know, and she's just in her closet with her microphone and we're doing yeah. these things, line readings and everything. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I did. And, 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 there is a volume two that I'm going to start working on uh, sometime oh. soon as well, which if you remember in one of the tracks, the traveler meets this little boy and has a brief yes. conversation with him about why does she have six fingers and this and that. Yep. Yep. Well, I have an idea for the second one, which I would love, to, which I want to do, which is about that boy growing up and being obsessed all his life with that one little encounter and mm -hmm. always wondering who it was and trying to find a way to sort of astrally, project himself to wherever she is and wow. find her and find out if she's okay and where she is. And that would be sort of the second, the second half of this. Well, I'm available <laughs> to do. Yeah. You want to, we'll find something. I got some, oops, 
Oh, oh, you actually hit your shirt. Your shirt. Yeah. I'm available to play guitar. Um, there you know. The, uh, <laughs> the teaser that you released, there yeah, are lots yeah. of animated clips. So is that suggesting that there's an animated version to the entire album? Yes. I mean, look, the, the go ultimate goal with this would be to perform it live at something like Coachella or, mm. or Outside Lands or Life is Beautiful, any of these, these really great music festivals that I love going to. The, the goal would be to perform it there with the full animated backgrounds up on the screens and you know the whole thing. So that was just sort of a taste of what it could be, that teaser okay. yeah. of what I want to do with it, where I want to go, where I want to take it. And um, you know, the, the the people who animated that are just it was it was basically three kids, and I say kids because I'm old now, and they just graduated from CalArts, two of them from CalArts, one went to another school. Um, the name escapes me. But I thought, you know, there must be these poor kids are graduating into this world of COVID with nothing to do. They're sitting at home. I don't know. Oh, great. Yeah. So we reached out to Cal Arts and and got some portfolios and and uh, they just they kicked the butt. They really? Yeah. Can we show it? Are we allowed to show it? Yeah, know? please. Yes, that would be great. Gene, can we okay. show? It? So sure. people out there can see. Uh, yeah. Sound this time. Here's a one minute um, teaser from yes. Travelog. I am suddenly struck with a creeping memory of home. That home is but a distant memory now, one that fades with each new planet I attempt to fill its space with. And as I run towards something better, I fear that I may never find that perfect planet. Perhaps this next one. Michael Giacchino. <laughs> Did you notice, by the way, in your intro that I was I was giving you a little bit of that melody with the kazoo? Is that what that's that's what oh, the kazoo that was? Oh. There you go. Really good. Really here's, good. Here's a question. You know, we're this is flying by. We're running out of time. I'm gonna put up another question. Oh, Michael, right. do you yeah, have Sean Horace? Michael, do you have any plans to write music for a musical or score for a play to win a Tony Award? <laughs> okay. Well, I am working on a musical uh, with a friend of mine, Elisa Samsel, who is a, is an incredible um, composer and songwriter as well. Mm. And we are doing something uh, not with the intent to win a Tony, but it's another one of these ideas, sort of like this album that I've had in my head forever that I've wanted to do. Um, I guess I could say it's basically the story. It's, it's the story of the headless horseman, but uh, mm. you know, all through his point of view. And it's, sort of the story about the, the struggles of abuse as a young kid and what that does to you as you get older and, uh, and move into your, your adult life. Um, mm -hmm. So it it's just- an air point of view though for the Headless Horseman. Well, he has a head at some point. Okay. <laughs> so it's all, it's all, it's all what leads up to the head coming off, you know? Right, right. Uh, and where it goes from there. So it's, 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 it's I've just always, adored that story by Washington Irving. And uh, 
I think uh, it's just something I've always wanted to. So we're 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 at work on that. So right. that's something. We'll see. And of course, happens. and of course, we'll be doing the Louis Prima film and musical together. Yeah, uh, when is this going to happen? I don't know. We we should announce it. Maybe it will. I just announce it. Yes, yes. And we, uh, Bill and I are, are announcing that we are both working on the, the series. Group. Yeah, the series and the the film, the film and then the, the musical. musical. Yeah, yeah. yeah so that'll be coming. Yeah, we do pick it up. Fans around a bit because of COVID, but it's 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 happening. It's in the works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Why don't we do pick What's a number? Oh, because I know yeah. that people want to talk about specific projects and things. So. We do the thing where you pick a number between one and uh, where are we? 20, 27. No. Okay, 27. And yeah. then just say whatever you want to say about it. Um, yeah, maybe it'll uh, spark something. All right. So I just, I just pick a number? Yeah. Between, yes, one and 27, please. Let's go with uh, 14. 14. Ah, I love it. Here we go. And here we go. Da, 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 da. Oh yeah, yeah. Fabulous. That was a really fun movie to work on. Um, because back to Brad Bird again. Brad Bird. Here's what happened. We had just pretty much just finished The Incredibles, and Incredibles was my first movie that I ever did. My first real movie that wow. was in a theater and in us on a screen. Um, and I remember after that was done, Brad was going to take a break and he was going to do some other things that he wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And uh, and uh, and and then he calls me up a few weeks later and says, "So um, I might be involved in this other Pixar thing." I'm like, "What are you talking about? You're supposed to take a break." And uh, and he's like, "Yeah, but I got a call. They need. They they're asking me if I come over and take over this film, Ratatouille." Wow. Um, and I'm like, "What Ratatouille? What is it about?" And he goes, "Well, it's about a rat that wants to come." I'm like, "Don't do that." That's a, that's, a, that's a terrible idea. Don't do it. He's like, <laughs> I remember sitting on my in the driveway of my old house having this conversation with him, and I'm just like, "Why would you do that? You said you want to take a vacation. This sounds terrible. Why? Why?" Do you? He goes, "No, no, no. I think I think I have a good angle with it. I think I'm like okay." And I thought to myself, Look, "If anyone, if anyone can come up with an idea to make this work, it's got to be Brad, right?" So, uh, and sure enough. I don't know. It's it's to me. It's one of the best Pixar movies, so good because it talks so, so much about so many things and art yeah. and, and well. I mean, up, I'd have to debate you over up. Up, I love. Uh, I love and, up. and, 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 and uh, inside out. And inside out. Yeah. No, I know. I know. There's I love so them many. all. I love You've them done all. Too many great things to just. I mean, I you. Yes, I guess you can have a favorite if it's, you're the guy who wrote it. I, mean, I don't. Well, I actually don't have favorites, and it, it's it's although I know I like Lost a lot. I always point to that, Lost. and wow. I point to that mainly because I think the work I did in it was the most sort of freeing. I like they just let me do whatever I wanted. Mm. There were no, I didn't have to adhere to a certain sound or style or anything. Right. I could just do whatever I wanted. So that 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 creative freedom sort of. While, while while he picks another photo, I'm just gonna. Can I just rattle off some credits in case there are people who actually? Oh, yeah, go ahead, pick a number, and I'll get it ready. All right, uh, uh, number eight. I'm just gonna go back to so uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, Ratatouille, Tomorrowland, Toy Story, the t that time forgot. Oh yeah. Uh, Jurassic World, Zootopia, <laughs> uh, Lego Jurassic World. Ah, huh? that's a cool one. Uh, Rogue One. 
uh, War for the Planet of the Apes, Coco, yeah. um, Incredibles 2. Uh, sorry, I'm Psycho, the Spider Man, yeah, North by Northwest, <laughs> Jojo Rabbit. Yeah, oh my god, do you not do you? I love that movie so much. Hmm. Uh, it's just endless, Michael. Right. I just, I you know, it's just, I'm so blown away by what you've done. It's just, you know, what I found about Jojo Rabbit, yeah, it is, it's hysterical, but my favorite moments, the most touching ones for me, were the serious moments in the film. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's what makes it really work. And I, I remember, you know, yes, there, there are very funny things in that movie, but it's all about contrast, you know, yeah. and that, that that whole story is about contrast. And and uh, and I I just think the real moments are so real and so beautiful and so heartfelt. I, it's just, you know, it grabs you. I wanted you. to cry at the very end when she starts dancing at the door. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. Up. And I know. And they start, and Bowie starts playing. Yeah. And, yes. Oh my God. And uh, did you ever I meet Bill? Bill has not seen this yet. Bill has not seen this yet. So, oh, Bill, okay. homework for you. You got to watch it. Yes. yes. Have you, did you meet Bowie, by the way, at any point? I never have met Bowie. I, I really wish uh, that would have been nice. Yeah. yeah. All right. Here's the uh, here's the image you picked. Oh, and Bill, take a look at the date of the release here. Oh my God. Oh, June nineteenth. Billy's so, birthday. Oh, uh, we yeah we I remember we did that for your birthday. I remember. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize. I didn't know. We had yeah. Now you know they wanted to do it on the seventeenth. I was like, yeah, but if we just push a couple days, it could be on. Michael, birthday. you're the yeah. man. I'd say this is a movie I cried in. I'll tell you that for sure. Yeah. Well, I have a daughter, and she is uh, she's she's twenty now, but but at the time she was more towards the age of the girl in the film, and um, and I think that everything I wrote was really. Uh, about her, you know, because it was just right. you know, really, really, really reflective of her. And uh, yeah, that movie, I love that movie. I just, I, you know, like I also, I, I guess I've always wondered because I'm not really involved in the music side of a lot of the Muppet stuff, but I'm, I'm around it to record or to be a part of some discussions. But like the process of creating and composing the score for a film I never understand the timing of all that. Like, how do they how do they put out these trailers so early before the film comes out? Well, usually, like, maybe you haven't had a chance to finish. I, like, I, usually, I don't even. I, I rarely, if ever, will work on a trailer. You know, the, the marketing department will just put whatever they want in there, and they do that. Occasionally, we'll get to do something original. We got to do something original on Up. We got to. Um, I got to do this latest thing, the Batman. You know, uh, we oh. got to record some music early for that and put that against what we were doing. So that's nice, but that's rare. Usually the marketing department is just kind of forging ahead and everyone else is just trying to get the movie finished. Right. You right. Know? So and 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 what I do is comes in at the very tail end, you know, but, but hopefully there's that, enough. Hopefully there's enough time for you to, to be able to sit and digest these. Okay, let's talk about that, right? so, there's almost never that enough time for that. Thankfully, though, I am also friends usually with the guys directing the films. And and I have, you know, we've done many things together. So, of course, I'll be around while they're making it or while they're shooting it. I could even go to the set. I do all that. So I, I do have to tell to them not to make it. Yeah, don't make that. What are you doing? Don't make <laughs> Thank God you didn't listen to me. Um, but I but there are times when it's like a surprise, like when Rogue One happened. I was not supposed to do Rogue One at first. That was some that was another composer who then, because the film's schedule got uh, changed, his schedule got messed up, so he couldn't do it. 
So they called me and they asked if I would do it. There it is. Mm. And uh, and I was like, uh, yeah, sure. That sounds like a blast. And But I only had four weeks, four and a half weeks to write that score. Wow. Oh, so my gosh. That oh was like gosh. just coming in, finding your feet, and just doing the work. That's uh, crazy. Here's a, here's, a, here's a comment from uh, somebody I know. Oh, yeah. Did you have it upset me too, Gene, the mom. Yeah. Yeah. And before we get off of um, up, uh, in, upside down, inside out, yeah, <laughs> Deborah brings up a Muppet connection. She loved Dave and Frank's cameo. Oh, yeah. That's out. right, and that's I, 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 that's actually where I met um, Richard Kind too. Was on that film. Oh, oh really? Yeah, we became oh, friends wow. on that. He played Bing Bong. You know the, the yeah, uh, yeah. Imagine, oh man. Yeah, wait. Are these guys from? Yes, they are. Right? Aren't they from? Uh, aren't these guys from? Yeah, there they are. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. them, right? There's the forgetters, the and then of course that's either I forget if that's Frank or Dave, but this is Dave. Well, Frank's got the mustache. They were both they were both policemen. Yeah. Uh, so this guy. Yeah, is, wait a minute. So wait, who is this? So I think he's just one of the workers down below. One of the maybe one of the the forgetters or I forget. But they the, came together. I thought they were. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I think they were I both. Would, when I'm alone, did the thing. When I'm alone, I always do make one of them Dave and the other Frank. So, so if you ever talk to uh, Dave on the phone, do you just hold it up like it's it, like that thing yeah. is talking to you? I, actually, I hold it close to my cheek and I have it kiss me while I speak to him. Like, oh, that's nice. Yeah. He would do that if he were here. Do you, have, do you have some time to hang out a little longer? Yeah, absolutely. Barely scratch the surface with well, some Honestly, of these. it's fine. Yeah, I'm but good. It's, well, geez, are you sure? I mean, like, yeah. it's been yeah. an hour. Poor Michael. Let's go. Like Let's I said, we take a break. We come back. We have sandwiches. <laughs> yeah, dinner for the wheel. Spin the wheel, Michael. Spin okay. Uh, let's go to number uh, 21. 21. 21 for the man. Okay. <laughs> well, there you go. Freedom. Uh, oh, there it is. Yeah, we kind of hit that. You know, that was a uh, – the first live show we did for Lost was actually in Hawaii. And uh, we did a live at their, um, they had a little sort of outdoor theater there. Look a little like the Hollywood Bowl, but it was mostly uh, lawn seating. And so the whole cast came and we did a whole concert of the music. And it was really uh, quite oh, a wow. And actually there's, okay, so this is from one of the times that I went, you know, because sometimes you'd go and do PR stuff there. And, and, and I went uh, to do this DVD release thing. And that's where I met... Uh, Jorge Garcia, and he and I have become friends over the years, but we bonded over this moment where we're at this after party and these statues are kind of as decorations on tables everywhere. And they were meant to be like taken back because they were going to go back to props. But we noticed that people were taking them. And, oh. and Jorge and I kept going, well, should we grab one? Should we get one? Is that, <laughs> I, I don't, we worked on the show. It's probably, we probably shouldn't do that. Right. And then, and they and we didn't do it. We decided we weren't going to do it. And then everyone stole them. And then I was oh like, God. So I told this uh, story to one of the producers on the show, and they they ended up sending they me. Got one. You? Oh, nice. But I'll never forget being sitting there with Jorge and both of us just having this moral dilemma about should we be stealing from our own show? Is this what we should be doing? I don't know. I still probably <laughs> wanted to, but uh, and I should have because I think you know could have had a couple more. Who the um? Oh, now I'm blanking on the the creators of Lost. We worked with them. The, we oh, did David, David Lindelof and uh, Carlton Cuse. E. Carlton, right? We oh, we yeah. did. Uh, 
The Muppets did some sort of re like they were casting the show the last season or something. Oh right, that's right. I remember that bit. And yeah. we, they, yeah. they were great guys to hang out with. Yeah, I really enjoyed them. Yeah, oh, they're, they're great. Yeah, they are great. All right, you want uh, to pick another number? Yeah, spin the wheel, please. Uh, let's go to thirteen. Thirteen, my pleasure. Lucky number thirteen. Come on. Oh. Uh, All right, so. Uh, the I remember this again, as I said earlier, this was my first movie. And uh, one of my, you know, the, the most stark memories I have was I went, I interviewed, I met with Brad, I met with John Lasseter, I met with everyone up at Pixar. And then I came back down uh, to LA and waited. And it was weak. And I kept thinking, I didn't, you know, I want, it was one of those things. I wanted it so bad. You know, when you see those jobs and you know you want it so bad. And the weeks went by and I was like not hearing anything. And I was thinking, well, I guess I didn't get that. And so yeah. I kept bugging his assistant, Lori Richardson at the time. And uh, and she was like, just be patient. Just be patient. They're still figuring things out, blah, blah, blah. And then one day the phone rings and uh, she goes, Michael, I have Brad for you. And I was like, oh, OK. And he goes, OK. Hey, Michael. And he goes, um, I just want to say congratulations. You got the job. And I was like, I was like, oh my god, this is gonna be great. And he's like, um, uh, and I'm really excited about it. And he goes, but I have to say one thing. He goes, I just need to tell you that your music could ruin my movie. <laughs> and I remember because I went from this real high to this real like, oh my god, oh my god. And uh, he goes, and listen, what I mean by this is this is going to be the hardest job you've ever had. He goes, because we are going to need to make sure we are both hand in hand the whole step of the way. He goes, because music, as you know, can can destroy how a scene plays. Mm, mm. And he said, so we want to make sure whatever the music is doing, it is what the story is asking of the music to do. You know, and I just want to put that into your head right now so wow. that as we move forward. That's how we're going to work. And it was one of the greatest lessons ever. And of mm. course, I'm a very story. I, I consider myself more of a filmmaker than a composer in a lot of ways. All right, all right. So I'm already on that side, but really to have it kind of put in your face like that right away, was like, okay. And uh, yeah. he's right. And I, I think about that all the time, you know, here's, here's a question that plays into that, uh, the process mm -hmm. from Jordan Lockhart, Michael, and is this true? Do you not conduct your own scores? Yeah, I, I don't. I'll conduct concerts and things like that. I'll do that. But the scores I won't because um, I want to be in the booth listening to how it sounds with the director. And we're watching it go against picture for the first time, you know, mm -hmm. uh, together. And I want to be with the director so we can both watch it and go, okay, yeah, this is working. Or we could do that or we could fix this. Or maybe that part we need to hit the, you know, there's this great creative thing that happens when you're together. Mm -hmm. you know? And honestly, all the tempos have already been locked out. Like I've already locked that all out. There's not a lot of leeway for the thing to slow down or speed up. So the conductor side of it is more of a traffic cop thing at that point. It's not right. like doing a concert where you have the freedom to take the music where you want. It's yeah. locked in. So there's really no point for me to be up there. It's really about uh, being in the room listening because when you're not in the room and if there's some little thing that, that mm -hmm. maybe isn't working right, they're behind you talking about it, and you, who knows what's unspooling behind yeah. you in the booth. And you just want to avoid that as much as possible. I want to be think, there. 
and, and things always change, right? And things always change, right? You you go, wait a minute, why did I do that there? I know yeah. now it needs this, right? Yeah, exactly. And I can change an entire queue on the spot and just tell everyone, play this, play that, don't do this. You guys lay out here and you know, you, you add something there. And and then next thing, next time you play it, it's a completely different sounding cue. So yeah. that that's why I like to be there with the score, with the director by my side, and we can just kind of go through it together. And it also, get, the process goes so much faster that way. If I'm on the thing, then I got to come back into the booth to listen back. Right. And then the orchestra is just sitting there. And that's like setting money on fire, you know, <laughs> because there's a hundred people in that room, you know, and, and it's not cheap to do, you know, to record a score like these kinds of films demand. So, you know, I try to be efficient. I try to be responsible. And I also want to be uh, creatively in the same space as the director when we're doing it. Plus and, you look really silly with that little stick in your hand. Yeah, exactly. It's like, what is that? I know. I remember being like, for the longest time, I would not use a stick because I felt, <laughs> I felt like I was like an imposter, you know? Like I thought, so I would just do it with my hand instead. It's so like, like that. Leave you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like that Bugs Bunny. I can't even bend my hand the way he had it in that thing where you do that. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yes. <laughs> Remember that SCTV character that Martin Short did where he's hosting some <laughs> what, When you're up there with the stick, are you actually oh, yeah. doing something or is it just for show? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Jiminy yeah. Glick, by the way, speaking of Martin Short, it's one of the greatest uh, shows ever. Have you, done, right. have you been interviewed by him? No. God, that would be oh, a dream. I'd love that. Um, another number? One more yeah. number? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna put one little question up here first. All right. Actually, Kali says if I had to make a suggestion of a Muppet film, it had to be Charlie. And the, what? Oh, sorry, I picked the wrong thing. I'm sorry. <laughs> they're pitching. They're pitching. Yeah, they're pitching an idea. Wait, no, wait. Where was it? <laughs> I picked the wrong one. It is. Uh, what? Oh, here we go. I have a question. If you had to make a Muppet movie of a very classic book, which would oh. you pick? And she would do well, Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. She would do Charlie. She would do Charlie and Chocolate. Um, well, we can make this easy and just say we agree. Uh, oh, wow. You know, <laughs> um, you know what? I think that Muppet Treasure Island is actually. I love that movie. You know, I know yeah. Kirk worked on that too, and and uh, that was just My first a, movie. Yeah, I love that movie. You're great in that movie too. It's oh, a wow. yes. Uh, it's great. I don't know what piece of literature. War and Peace. Sound good? War and Peace. I think uh, Jim Lewis is trying to has been trying to get Pygmalion made for a long time. Oh yeah, F or Fahrenheit. Uh, what is it? Um, one fifty F. Yeah. No, what is it? One Fahrenheit four fifty one. Yeah. yeah. yeah I want to do cool. Rear Window. Actually, I think that would be a great musical. Oh, that would be great. We just watched it the other day with Ben. Um, someone asked, I forget, I lost the question, but they asked if you had a favorite Muppet song. Oh, here we go. Jesse, do you have a favorite um, Muppet song? Yeah, I think it's, it's really, I'm going to go back there someday. Oh yeah. You know, I just, that song to me just kills me every time. I love it so much. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Gene, could you actually, can I just request one real quick? Yeah. Oh, well, number 24 or 25 or one after the other. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, no, that's a great song. It's a beautiful song. I'm going to yeah, go back. I love it. Dave Gold. Oh, there you go. And there it is. And we that's what we sang. That was at my 50th birthday. I know this is embarrassing. That was my 50th birthday party at the, we did at the Royal Albert Hall. And, and Dave was wonderful and came out and performed. 
and he sang that song. Uh, yeah. And it was so hard to stand there next to him and not like not cry you know, with him doing that. And, and the place was like that you could hear a pin drop. It was just so wonderful. And, the, yeah. and then with the orchestra backing him up, it was just it was oh insane. Oh, my gosh. Oh, it my gosh. Yeah. Do, do you um, is there a difference? I asked Frank and Dave this about performing and working with crews in different countries like, you know, uh, England versus the U.S. Is there a difference working in like England versus yeah. the U.S. as far as how things are done or? or there's a know. different there's definitely a different feel to the playing. You know, I, I mm. always the players here in L.A. are amongst the best in the world and can play anything you put in front of them. They're like. Uh, as I said earlier, the wrecking crew, like they can just come in and they're it's like, I, I feel like it's a little more rock and roll here mm -hmm. in LA mm -hmm. where we're doing over there. It's much more steep than this tradition of classical music. Mm -hmm. You know, there's much more of that feeling to it. So yeah. the sound of that orchestra is, is different than the sound of this orchestra. They're both great, but they're, they have their own personality to them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like a horn section there sounds different than a horn section here. Um, one's not better or worse than the other. It's just a different, different personality. So yeah, I'm guessing, I'm guessing you've worked at Abbey road at some point. A lot. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. A lot. Wow. A lot of work there. Yeah. I love that place. That room is just incredible. I have to show uh, you. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think of like, uh, when I think about working with the, the crews in different places in different countries, you know, England has that craftsman, like yeah. old world, like yeah. just it. pride and yeah you know yeah. It's really there's a, there's a tradition that just goes uh so deep and you feel it yeah. you can feel yeah. what they do and, it's, and then the stuff here is amazing i mean it's amazing as well you know the pride as well but like it's like you yeah. said it's a different flavor yeah for for things that, different tastes i think that you're looking for yeah exactly well. so, first i have paul and ringo's life mask <laughs> <laughs> look at that Ringo was made for the movie Caveman. <laughs> I think this was made in my regards to Broad Street. That but, is amazing. I'm actually working with him on something right now. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, and for my 60th, 60th birthday, I treated myself to a Paul and Ringo autograph from the Beatles era. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Very wow. Cool. That's Pretty awesome. I love it. Are, so you're recording with with him? You're doing some something? Yeah, something? Paul and I, we had worked on something a few years back that he was trying to get off the ground, and then uh, there was a kind of a pause in the thing, and then and now it's back, and uh, he's wow. doing this, uh, and it's an animated film, and it's you know he's he's incredible to work with. He's so smart and so collaborative, and so like the joy of creating something is has not left him, you know, mm -hmm. and and and. You noticed, uh, like, of all these guys that 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 came up when he came up, you see him. He is still out there. He's still touring. He is still playing. He loves it, and he does it because he loves it. And that mm -hmm. energy, if you've ever been to one of his shows, which I'm sure you have, it's like, it's undeniable. He is just up there, and he's like a machine, oh. three hours, and does it. And there's not one bit of uh, cynicism about it. He loves it so much, and he just loves yeah. working with artists and people. And he's so creative, and he's just. He he produced, a, uh, this maybe 10 years ago or something, he produced a series of animated shorts, and he did my friend David Wiesner's book um, called Tuesday. Uh -huh. um, so he got to meet him briefly. But yeah. he's Paul's voice is on your new album, isn't it? 
it, yes, he is one of the the people that you know at the end when there's this mantra being sort of love that repeated and it gets bigger and bigger. Yeah, he was so kind to uh, to add his voice in there as well. All uh, right. Yeah, it's you know it's kind but of so. Make- where do you re- do, who's who's who has the better setup to record? Well, I, I mean, you know, so it's he's got Abbey Road. I mean, you know, he has everything there, and it's and it's and it's great, and it's it's fun though. Even when I'm working on different things, I'll I'll check in with him and see, and if sometimes he'll be there, or sometimes he'll come say hi and just watch the orchestra and play. And he brought right. his kids to see um us record Jurassic World one time here in L.A., which was oh, wow. his, and his grandkids, Did which was great to see because all his grandkids are running around and. You, you know, your first year, like, oh, that's Paul McCartney. Then he's like trying to hurt all these kids around, and he's just, <laughs> like, man, you know, all of us, uh, just yeah. a nice, nicest person in the world. He he recorded something. Uh, well, I don't know if it was last year, maybe at, over at Henson at the Henson uh, yeah, recording studio. Yes, he did. Yep. I, I and like somebody called me and said he's he's like you know I couldn't get there in time to like see him. You know, but right? Like yeah, know. put the word out. Paul McCartney's here. Isn't that amazing though? Is it is one he's one of those people that even just to see is is a is a is a treat, you know? Oh my god. Like walking down dream. the street or something. It's just, you know, he's what what he and 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 uh the rest of uh, the Beatles gave to the world, it's probably yeah. one of the greatest gifts ever. Like I feel like if you talk about all right, if you had to pick one person who who probably who changed the world and then continues to change it, he's gotta be that person. Got you know. Be. And it's yeah, again, right. it's all out of pure love of the art and love of sharing uh, uh, music. So it's I've just got, I've got hundreds of uh, rare tracks and alternate takes and oh, that's great. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he is. He's great. And and the other great thing when we're, when we're working, you know, he'll he'll tell you stories. You know, I'll be like, all right, I heard a story once. He goes, well, that's not exactly the way it was. It was like this, and he would tell the, you know, so he really is is wonderful about sharing those experiences and and. Uh, he looks back on the whole thing so fondly, and um, you know, I remember we were recording Doctor Strange in at Abbey Road, and he was there, and we were doing this really psychedelic cue, and uh, at, at, that takes place for the end credits. And he leans over to me, and he's like, "Sounds a bit like Walrus," and uh, and, <laughs> and I was like, "Well, yeah, you guys." I said, "We have no no." No other um, choice but to steal from you because you invented yeah. everything. <laughs> yeah. What well, what doesn't sound like something they've probably <laughs> yeah, done? Exactly. I said so. I don't know what to tell you, but yeah. Uh, and I said yeah, definitely. But I wow. that that's one of the things I love about looking back at the art art form of music and things. It's the way art influences art. You know, it, it just it's just this constantly evolving thing that just keeps yeah. changing and it, it's always involved uh inspired by something that came before it's pretty yeah. great who, who have you not met that you want to or or you know could have but it's too late uh is there well i i did get to meet just very briefly i shook his hand henry mancini but boy would i have loved to uh, have sit down and, and have a drink with him and just pick his brain and get some of those uh, things that would have been wonderful guys like that or you yeah. know um I, you know, also like uh, uh, Willis O'Brien, who did the stop motion animation of King Kong in the original oh, 33. Oh. I think that I would love to have been able to meet him and talk mm. to him. I love craftsmen. Like, I love the guys that would build. When I was growing up, I honestly th- I had no aspirations to be a film composer. That came way later. And it was something right. that I kind of fell into. I, I wanted to be the guy working on. Rankin like, and Bass. Yeah, like I love that. Yeah, Rankin Bass. I love that. Or 
do you ever see 1941, of course, you know, like mm. all the miniatures in that movie are right, right. some of the greatest things ever. So I, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be able to, to build models and do that and blow them up and make movies doing that. That's what I thought I'd be doing. You know, yeah. it's, cool. it's like I would watch the Rankin Bass films and I would just, I didn't even think too far ahead because the passion was too strong. I, you know, I didn't think, all right, then where am I going to get the camera and how am I going to do? I just went to the garage and started building sets. Yeah. You know, nothing ever came from it, but was just enjoying the process of I'm doing something just like I saw on TV. Mm -hmm. and that was I love that. I, I can't, Once in a while, I go down a rabbit hole with Rankin Bass and looking, thinking about like, where are those puppets now? Where are they? And yeah. you know, none of them survived and they're in different collections, different people. Uh, yeah. But I always think like, man, to have that Rudolph would be so great. Yeah. There was an NBC tour. Billy and I went on an NBC tour with our dad decades ago, and they had them in a case. Oh, yeah, really? They had the balance, no man. You know, I had uh, they when I went to see Nightmare Before Christmas, related. Um, I went to the uh, uh, Billy. What's the theater in Hollywood? Um, oh, okay. The, okay. Okay. Yeah, the yeah. premiere, and they had them down all spread out for us to see. And I'm looking, I look over to my right and Tom Waits is there with his son. And I just like tapped him just to say quick hello. And I had the honor of being shrugged off. <laughs> Tom <Waits. laughs> I actually got to go to the set of Nightmare Before Christmas. I was working in publicity at the time. I started oh, wow. publicity when I first started at Disney. Um, I was at Universal Pictures first in publicity and then moved over to Disney in, my, in the early days. And then... Uh, so I would work in publicity. So we got to go to the setup. They were in San Francisco shooting that. And uh, all of the the buildings and the things, you know, it was just incredible to see them working on these giant. I mean, wow. I say giant sets because they were really big sets. The characters, wow. you know, were like, you know, a foot and a half tall, some of them. Um, and it's just so great to see, you know, up close. And that brought back everything I loved about the Rankin Bass wow. stuff and everything that we grew up with. You know, I was just, yeah. it's just fascinating. Love it. I, closest I got was when I was working out in LA. I watched them shoot a little of the skeletons from Evil Dead Three. Uh huh. Yes. That was I'm, cool. I, actually. I'm going to show. My son has never seen Evil Dead, so we're going to in in next weekend do a like a double feature of one and two, and Very watch. Cool. Yeah. So. Well, I think we've uh, I think we've kidnapped you for long enough. This has been uh, great. Are you kidding me? Just I would have done this for free, like just hanging out with you. <laughs> I'm glad we got your your picture and your sound really good. Um, yeah, no, uh, me too. I'm. Uh, I apologize for my Ethernet connection. Oh, that's so weird. Yeah, why, why would that be? Why would the Wi-Fi be like a strong? Better. So it should be the opposite. I don't know. I yeah. know that's what you would think. I don't know. Hey, oh, hey, Gene, can you just put up number five just before you go? One last yeah, thing. Great. Something that we got to do together that I just loved and I really appreciated. You probably know what I'm talking about. That that you would ask me to come and do this. That. Uh, was so fun. I that just loved it. Yeah, you killed it on that too. Uh, well, I don't know Bobby about that. Page was the was the um, the she, other. She was great. Yeah, she was great, and you killed it. It's so fun to be able to do. I was like, and that was one of those things I just sort of like forced on him. I was like, I want to do this. I want to do this for the end credits, and I wanted to, you know what I mean? Oh, right, right. Just to write a sort of Louis Prima esque Christmas song, you know? Yeah, I was like, like what? Uh, <laughs> It was so great. And then remember, we, we did that at, did we record that at Capitol? At Capitol, Capitol yeah. Records, yeah. yeah. You, know? so you yeah. got to record yeah. where you sang on an album where Frank Sinatra and all the, you know, Sammy Davis, well, yeah. 
No, and, and you know, I loved it. And I, I would go back there every day if I could. When we did Muppets Tonight, that's where we recorded. Uh, and I got yeah. to do like Johnny Fiamma singing in Frank oh, Sinatra's. My God. You know, that just blew my mind. I, I, I was in heaven. And to go back again, I was like, are you kidding? If that's where we're going, I'm, I, I'm <laughs> in so much, I can't even tell you. Actually, some of my favorite stuff in Muppet Wizard of Oz is Johnny Fiamma's, like just his one-offs <laughs> in the background, especially during the Witches in the House song. Uh, you are hilarious in that. It was just, I just love that character so much. He's such an idiot in that. Listen, we can't let you go without asking you to write us something before you go. So please, uh, oh, out your keyboard and do something. You can do to score our show. I can, uh, let's see. Could you, could you write us a theme? No, I'm just kidding. Come back here. Well, too late. Look, here he comes. All right. So, um, we can just do. Thank you so much. Thank you. Fabulous. <laughs> words to that right. at some point. Michael, thank, thank you so much, man. Really Are you kidding me? Thank you. Thank you for having me. This was a blast. I miss you. I miss you too. We got to do our, we got to Louis Prima, man. We got to do something. Well, if you would just, no, just sit there. Just this whole COVID thing, I mean, what's with this COVID? Yeah, right. why aren't you working on that? I don't I'll, understand. You know, let me do that first, and then we'll. I'll get rid of that, and then we can get started. And if you if you wouldn't mind, just kind of deal with the election too. Just kind of make yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that's done. Okay, good. Oh, thanks, thanks. All good. <laughs> All good. You voted twice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dude. Oh, God. All right, bye, my friends. Take care. Take care. Take care. Oh, and you have those people showing up for dinner. Oh yeah. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's like ten minutes. Okay, I'm gonna get the table ready. Thanks. Bye. Bye. That was so cool. What a studio! Oh my god. I feel so badly that that the the image was so pixelated, but we got it. So much better. It got so much better. Going about twenty minutes of bleh, but then we had almost an hour of good. But like, look at his office and then look at ours. Well, he doesn't have a Billy puppet. <laughs> look at he ours. Have a Billy puppet. Look at mine. <laughs> you've got a, you've got cool stuff. Come on, Billy. Don't get down on yourself. There's no candles. <laughs> yeah, no, we need atmosphere. Yeah. You know, we forgot to mention, we need to mention right now, <clears throat> folks, a week from today is the America's Got Muppet Talent episode the show america's yes got so the deadline if you want to be a contestant you've got to get your uh, your video in by the end of tomorrow and if you just go to the brothers.com you'll see all the details on how to do that we've had some really cool submissions so far it's going to be a, a fun lot. show we have a lot of great submissions so we've got to weed them out unfortunately that's our that's unfortunately what we have to decide who we can keep we haven't decided exactly how many we're going to keep yet, but uh, please send in if tomorrow's the deadline. If you can, send them in. Uh, but we've yeah, got some great. We will, announce, we will announce the contestants um, this coming Thursday is our next uh, live Q&A. Live Q&A. And we're going to have Jay Foskett, the cartoonist and illustrator, great cartoonist yes. and illustrator. He's going to be on. We might be drawing together yeah. on the live Q&A Thursday. 
And uh, we will be announcing who is who the next uh, possible champions of America's Got Muppet Talent will be. And we have so, a special guest. Should we just announce who oh, our special yeah, judges? Yeah. Uh, excuse me, I just burped. Because we need we need to make it like the show with two male contestants and a female in the center. So yes, Carmen Osbar. Woo! Puppeteer extraordinaire, Rosita from Sesame Street, and so many other characters. She's going to come and join us. She's going to be our hot, spicy Spanish female judge. Well, here's here's the thing we have to decide. I was I was thinking I'll be the Simon Cowell, but then I don't want to tear into somebody and make them feel bad if you know they're our fans. So how do you handle that? Do you, you have you just to do it? What's already decided, you have to be the Simon. <laughs> I'm gonna be the Howie <laughs> with hair. I'm gonna be Howie, like, like they're gonna believe you're a hateful person. I'm gonna be Howie with hair. Hold on. And, and then Carmen will probably be like the Sofia Vergara. Right. <laughs> All right, it works. I All guess right? we'll make it work. Yeah. Right. Anything else we need to say? Go to BerettaBrothers.com and uh, join the mailing list. Team and uh, maybe check out Jules. We haven't said that in a while. Go check out Jules' little gems. There's no new one, new episodes there, but they're still fun, and they're still COVID inspirational. Uh, <laughs> but go, no. please pass the word around. We're just we're, Our audience is growing and growing, and the bigger we get, the longer we can bring in these cool guests and everything that yes. comes with it. Tell people, please, subscribe. If you haven't yet, subscribe to our channel and we'll try and keep bringing you great great people to inter to listen to and learn from and uh laugh with right 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 so okay. yeah now thanks for listening we're a podcast and a vodcast you can listen or watch the episode just go to the BerettaBrothers.com. That's B-A-R-R-E-T-T-A Brothers.com. Please subscribe, rate us, and we'd love to hear your comments. Thank you.